I'm a fun guy. <laughs> Not a game. We talking about practice. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Triple Dribble. I'm Jay, along with Nads and Loki. On today's episode, we get into the city jerseys released by the NBA. Which are fire and which do we consider trash? Uh, we go into a bunch of games as well. So we've talked about OKC versus the Lakers. Uh, we touch on Boston and what's going wrong in Beantown. And also we cover uh, Scotty Pippen's accusations against the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan and The Last Dance on Netflix. Uh, please listen and enjoy. Boys, how are we going? Yeah, great, man. Have a doing, great weekend. Yeah, doing good. Exciting times in the world of uh, NBA. Yeah, it is. So um, let's start with something fun today, guys. So the NBA released their um, city uniforms um, this week. Uh, a few teams had them playing on uh, in the last few days as well. You know, I know we have some thoughts, good and bad, about, uh, you know, about the uniforms. But just on a high note, I guess, Loki, we'll start with you. Every year the NBA puts forward, you know, these new jerseys. What do you, what do you think? I guess, in a broad level? Like, are you pro or are you against uh, these jerseys coming out every year? Oh, I think they're great. I like watch, I like seeing um, the new jerseys come out every year or this kind, these jerseys come out every year to see what kind of creativity the team's uh, designing department, I guess, <laughs> puts together and, like, how it represents, the city, uh, represents their cities or where they play. Uh, I think I like it also. They always put little... Uh, things hidden in the jerseys that you actually don't know unless you look it up. And that's kind of cool and interesting. Um, and yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. I think, I think it's great. Yeah, me too. I, I love seeing it. I think last year's one really confused me. I don't know about you guys, but the, the colors were all like over the place. So I'd tune into like a Mavs game and they're all in bright green. I think um, I'm watching the Celtics. So really was liking the 2020 ones. I did not enjoy last year's ones at all. Um. Yeah, look, I, I tend to agree with that. Last year's, there were some weird color schemes. Yeah, the Mavs at all green. Miami went away from like the really good Miami Vice ones to just some very odd colors um, in their jerseys and stuff as well. So um, I tend to agree. I So I told this story offline to you guys. I just repeated it on the podcast. So I've kind of been off the city jerseys uh, for a few years just because um, – my wife, my girlfriend at the time, she bought me a uh, Porzingis um, New York City jersey a couple of years ago. It was the one very with the sweet. New York That's City. Very sweet and very nice of her. <laughs> it was, it was. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. Um, it was something like the New York Knicks, uh, the fire department, um, and what like uh, jersey that came out. And honestly, I loved it. I was wearing it every day. Um, it was a Porzingis jersey. And then two months later, Porzingis got traded to the Mavs. Um, Mm -hmm. and that jersey is just a constant reminder of what could have been. So I'm still scarred by that particular, you know, episode and I'm afraid to get my heart broken again. So I probably won't be buying any of the city jerseys going forward, but yeah, no, um, at a broad level, I, I agree with Loki. It's kind of, it's interesting to see, um, the different sort of brands and the different color schemes and what each mean, um, to each city. So going with that, that, um, yeah, Nads, go on, jump on, what do you reckon? You think of Porzingis? jersey is bad news i have a simmons jersey and mm. I, have to, like, I can't even wear it to games anymore I, I I have, when i was at the game last week people I'll do, I'll do you, I'll, his name. so i'll do you one worse man i have a barn andrew barnum sixes jersey <laughs> <laughs> 
like, wow, that's yeah. uh, that's I, a I, replica. Did he even play for the Sixers? Like, no, wait, I, 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 I ordered it about half an hour after Philadelphia signed Bynum. I was like, this is the most epic day in Philadelphia history, you know, in my head. Um, Jersey came, I was super excited. And then, yeah, and then and then I don't know where, I think, I, I think I've put it somewhere. I have no idea where it is now, but <laughs> that's like the most trash. embarrassing <laughs> thing I have that's NBA related. Yep. And then um, Bynum went, you know, bowling and broke both his legs or whatever, and he's never heard from again. So, mm. yeah, good story. <laughs> mm. uh, Loki, let's go with that. So what, what was your good one? So what were your favorite um, city jerseys from this year? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'll give a shout out to the Mavs. I think, um, look, I, if you read into each jersey a bit more history, there's a reason the color scheme is there. Like the Dallas one's uh, like a homage to, I think, the 80s jersey, which was green. Um, and white um so it's kind of like remembering you know their, their past or their history uh of the team of of how it was and and that's i think that's what i like about it, the stories behind it it's, it's quite more i think more deep for some teams not everyone um more than you think so i think well the ones that i really like this year uh, i really like atlantis the the big hawk on the front and the like that off that retro yellow color um I like the Pacers one as well. I think I think it just looks really clean, uh, and just love the uh, those side marks on the Pacers, the wording. Um, uh, Philadelphia, I think, is great. The spectrum, the colors they got, and it's really retro as well. Uh, and uh, who else did I like? Oh, and I can't. I think everyone that I've talked to agrees that the Raptors just have killed it. Like, just looks. Amazing. You can't go past a dinosaur playing basketball. I think it just looks great. And just black and gold just looks amazing. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? I have to I have to agree with that. I think um, you know, the Raptors have the sickest jersey out there. I also really love like the Timberwolves and the magic that like nineties childhood font that I sort of see everywhere. Um, which I really want. So I I would buy a magic jersey or a Timberwolves jersey just to wear it. Uh, so it looks cool. And I kind of like that Miami sort of given a shout out to each of his previous jerseys, just in terms of how it's spelled out Miami. Um, but yeah, I, I would wear a lot of these. There are a few trash ones though. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. The... Um, I'll just, I'll just jump in quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah, I hate the fact that like out of everything you've said, I've got the exact same notes written in my book. Really? I really don't <laughs> like the fact that we're agreeing over. Yeah. My, yeah. my notes say same thing. Sixes. Fantastic. Paces. Old school. It's got the Reggie Miller, like that yellow mm. and the like the bluish. Atlanta, Sick. probably the best one. Yeah. They went bold with like the yellow and the red hawk. Toronto, fantastic. Mm. Yeah. I, I hate the fact that we're agreeing so much. Um, yeah. I'll shout out a couple L- other ones that I actually quite enjoyed. The Washington Bullets one, that look alike. I actually quite like that one. Like mm-hmm. it reminded me of the old school, um, the Bullets jersey. So that was really nice. Yeah. Um, the other one I would say Nets just looks so clean. That sort of blue um, and the like lettering that, that's around. Like, that's the, like the um, old school New Jersey like, Nets logo, yeah, right? They've just brought it back. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. But it kind of reminds you of like the, you know the Drazen Petrovic or like the Jason Kidd type or you know the the sort of late nineties, early two thousands players. Mm-hmm. Um, I just yeah, I just thought it looked really clean. I'll go yeah. against some um, nads on the Miami one. It's just too much. Like the color, there's just too many colors on the Miami. Like they've got five different colors. Too much going on. Spelled out on. It's just mm. a lot. Yeah, 
it's just a lot going on and not the biggest fan of that one. Yeah. Um, I like, I like the I Miami, had, I like the Miami one because mm. these are, you know, it's a chance to be creative and they got creative and got, went with um, the text from past jerseys for each letter and the, and the numbering. I thought they're just like kind of cool, funky. It's a one, one time a year thing and they did it. Mm. Um, and against a black, just a, you know, black backdrop. It just, it looks cool. I think it looks, I kind mm. of like it. Fair enough. Nads, what are you uh, what what weren't you a fan of in these ones? Oh, so many. Um, I thought the Portland one was pretty terrible. I, I just don't like the term Rip City. I know it is like, you know, Portland's a logo, but it's just a really bland jersey. Like nothing is going on. Same with Detroit, just a red jersey, nothing exciting. Um, and I, th- I feel like Utah didn't really change anything. So you, the Utah yeah. one, like looks so the you, same. Utah and Phoenix didn't change their, changed their jerseys from no. last year's um, city jerseys. They're exactly the same as last year. So really lazy That's job. Lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's poor effort on their part. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially coming from, uh, was it um, Mitchell Com- who decided to wear a rookie of the year hoodie in his first year yeah. or whatever. <laughs> now he can't even bother to get, you know, his team to change their jersey. Come on, yeah. son. Yeah. Like the top two teams in the West, they're just like, yeah, no, nah, we can't be like from last year. Sorry. That, well, one of the top, you know, both of the teams did really well. It's just like, yeah, you know, can't be bothered. Just keep it as what they were last year. Like, surely you got um, money. And Sacktown. I heard that term as well, by the way. I'm just going oh, for Rip God. City and Sacktown. Sacktown oh, disgusting. By the way, what the hell? The Lakers <laughs> Lakers look like a Sacramento jersey. And Sacramento just don't yeah. look like a Sacramento jersey. I had that in mind. Jersey. I was like, Lakers? The Lakers purple looks horrible. I'm like, when did Lakers play in purple? Yeah, it's like their oh, homage to it's weird. like their homage to the you know state capital, the Minneapolis or something, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It looked. I had. Oh god, I hate that we're agreeing again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Detroit, like you said, Nads, very red, just like a very red like jersey. Mm. It's a bit heavy on the eyes. Lakers wasn't a fan of the purple. That Utah jersey has been there for like five years. I swear, Ingles has worn that like four or five times as well. Just like that very mountain, like the mountain-esque um, color scheme mm-hmm. on that thing. I'll just throw out Charlotte as another one. Like it's a, it's a classic, like the teal sort of Monksy Bogus um, looking, you know, old jersey. It's it's fine. There's nothing to sort of get excited about. Um, but yeah, I like, Sacktown, I like just yeah. terrible name. Terrible I do, name which is, I, yeah, I like I the Charlotte one a lot. I like the, um, the beehive thingy um, at the top, the hornet's nest hexagon things they have. I forgot what they're called. And the pinstripes—they're like it's two homages to to a pretty old team. Um, the two that I hate the most are Boston's because that just seems super lazy. Just like here's a green jersey, and OKC is like here's a white jersey. <laughs> don't even bother oh, yeah. putting. Okay. Don't bother putting like a wife beat up. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a derogatory yeah. term now, Nads. Let's be careful. Just <laughs> saying. Yeah, it's like I oh, just yeah, just just don't even put color on it. You know, let's be the most boring team ever and the most boring team ever in the comp. Besides beating Lakers twice, that's that's pretty epic. But um, oh, just yeah, really ugly. I'll just um, I'll just say the Bucks, man. The Bucks with the white, the green, and the purple. It just it never worked for me. Like it's sort of like the Ray Allen, like um, you know, the the jersey that he used to wear back in the day and everything. But it just doesn't, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me either. Um, 
but yeah, no, that's that's about it. The Nola one they've had for a while, the New Orleans one, it's just a white and with the pinstripes again. Mm. Yeah, a, a, a lot of the same. Um, I, I do love yeah, the, not the like just fan. a normal Bucks jersey, like with the logo of the deer and stuff. That that always looks really mm. cool. Mm. Mm. No, hundred percent, very true. Yeah. yeah. Um, going on now, so we'll, um, some other news that came out this week was. Um, Scotty Pippen was apparently on the warpath um, promoting his new book. Uh, look, this is a bit of a weird story. So for people who haven't really um, kept up to date, so uh, Scotty Pippen um, it was releasing a new book um, in the coming weeks or months called Unguardable. Um, and he gave an interview to GQ and a couple of other magazines. Um, he really went to town on Michael Jordan and the last dance. Um, so the last dance was the sort of documentary series that um, Michael Jordan uh, put forward last year in 2020 during the pandemic um, around sort of the last um, season where they all won a chip. Uh, so the 90-98 season um, when they all won the, the sixth ring, um, Jordan Pippen and the Chicago Bulls. Um, Scotty has a lot of things to say, none of them which are nice to Michael Jordan, to um, their coach, Phil Jackson, and to a lot of other random players. Like, he even um, just randomly threw out, you know, comments to Barkley and to Isaiah Thomas and things like that. So um, he was really on the warpath. Um, Loki, I guess as the one who's been following it for the longest, what do you remember about um, Scotty Pippen in the 90s? Oh, look, I, I just, I don't remember much. We didn't, you know, I live in Australia, so access to watching NBA in the 90s was pretty much impossible. I followed a lot of stats um, and a bit of the news and things like that. But um, I think, I mean, more relevant to now, um, I like it's really difficult because I, I always liked Scotty Pippen. He just seemed like the quiet, humble guy, um, a great kind of partner to a fantastic Michael Jordan player. I didn't know about all these issues, to be honest. I was too young back then to probably to realize uh, how, like what was really going on. And so listening to it all now, I just like, oh, I didn't know Scotty Pippen the way I thought I did. Um, I don't know, to be honest, it just sounds like he's complaining a lot, just like a lot. I mean, The Last Dance is a documentary about Michael Jordan's bulls. Like it's going to be about him. He's going to be arrogant he's going to he's, it's going to be about him that's his personality that's how the fans always saw Michael Jordan's personality as this is all about me I mean Scotty Pippen has a problem about it just make your own documentary man and make it about yourself <laughs> like you're a great player you, you did a great job mm. as a player and just you know show everyone that just stop complaining mm. he complained when he was on the team about his contract he complained about everyone then He's still complaining now. He's got a chip on his shoulder about something. It's just like, well, stop having a winch. Yeah, just tell us. This, <laughs> tell us your story properly. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, I'll just jump in quickly here. Like for everyone who sort of uh, didn't really watch the Bulls in the in the nineties, Scottie Pippen was like the prototypical three and D wing. Like I don't like that term now because it, it's it's very generic. But when everyone says you know three and D. That was literally Scotty Pippen. He played lockdown defense. He could shoot from everywhere. Like, you know, he's got his two-pointer. He's got his mid-range game. He could shoot from the outside. And he was, you know, on a, so many all-defensive teams and even, you know, on the ballot for all-defensive player of the year. He was the pro, like the prototype of what everyone wants now, the sort of KDs, the Jason Tatums and things like that. 
the first, well, not the first person, but like the person who made it semi-famous was um, Scottie Pippen. So he he really was a prototype um, to sort of the type of player we really want to be now. But yeah, Nads, go ahead. What what are your thoughts? Um, I think it's it's a bit sad, right? So like Michael Jordan, arguably the biggest name in basketball. Everyone knows him, even young kids now, even if you didn't grow up watching the game. He's the GOAT, right? This documentary was about him. And I think it, you know, even watching it, it didn't really cast him in the best light for me personally. I thought Michael Jordan was like this aggressive dick who would do anything to, sorry, an aggressive person who would do anything just to to win the game. Um, and then I think it's sad to see that like Scotty Pippen's like, oh, this um, was all about Michael Jordan. He released this because he was afraid that LeBron was coming up. I think that's what the, the mm-hmm. quote was. Um, yeah, that's right. I just think if you if you're like out of the league now, you're a retired player. Don't taint your image by being petty and going back and forth on something that happened two decades ago. Like we don't care. No one cares. And at the end of the day, it's like men lie, women lie, stats don't. Right. Just look at your numbers. You, you're known to be like one of the best um, in the Bulls at the time. You know, you're Jordan's right-hand man. Keep that legacy going. Um, I um, think a lot of players do this as well. Like Paul Pierce constantly trashing LeBron when he was on ESPN. Yeah, I'm like, it just point. ruins your own legacy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah, no, that's um, that that's that's really right. I guess the one thing about Pippen is people like – I wouldn't say maybe not love him, but they definitely respect him before these came out. Like whenever the question thrown is thrown out, you know, who's the most underrated or who's, you know, who should be thought of, you know, better or given more respect. Pippen is always one of the first three names you'd go to. People respect the hell out of him and what he did, um, you know, with the Bulls in the 90s. Like he's never thought of as infer- like inferior or sort of lesser than. Like Michael's on another like sort of level. Everyone admits to that, but it's not like people go, oh, Pippen, he was a number two in a bad way, or, you know, oh, he was just a guy who rode Michael's coattails. Like, Pippen was respected, and people actually, like, sort of, what's the word? They res- they respect him, and they kind of um, sort of really are well, like, they know how important he was to those teams, and the fact that Michael probably wouldn't have won without someone like Pippen in there. Um, and for Pippen to come out and just sort of trash MJ and to, you know, try and increase his legacy, like Nat mm. said, like, I don't think it was that bad. Like, I just don't think his legacy was altogether that tarnished that he needs to come out and speak out against a documentary that, yeah, was primarily about Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, he's, yeah, I don't, I don't know what he's trying to gain out of it. I think maybe trying to stay relevant or something like that. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For his memoir. Right. But so, yeah, it's like, you're right. It's 20 years ago. You're right. Like Jordan probably released it at the right time. Um, sorry. Released his documentary as well. When LeBron, when was the date? I forget. It was like when LeBron was. Uh, yeah. About so, to pass him in like the year he's going to pass him in maybe scoring or something. Yeah, so apparently what I heard, I don't know if this is true, but um, a few of the podcasts and, um, you know, the like ESPN and Sports Illustrated, a few people put it out there that apparently this was meant to play on the off nights when Lakers were playing Miami in the finals. So as mm. soon as LeBron had a good night, 
MJ was trying to steal the spotlight back and have his own thing play on the on the like next night. So mm. everyone would automatically think about MJ. So like there was definitely strategy to it. And there's a little bit of truth to what Pippin was saying. Maybe not scared. Like I wouldn't say he's obviously scared of LeBron, but there was a bit of thing of, hey, you know, I'm going to put myself out there and then make all the attention be on me, even though LeBron's playing in his finals. So the timing was definitely interesting. Yeah. I just... Uh, it helped a lot that it happened in the, um, you know, during the coronavirus and during the pandemic where basketball was shut down and this just, yeah, just got put on Netflix and got rated so highly. Yeah. And then LeBron went and won his, yeah, his, um, his next ring. So mm-hmm. the timing was interesting. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. What you, yeah. What are your thoughts on old players who always have like a, maybe a little go or a pot shot of the current generation and they're like, ah, oh, they would never be able to play in our era or, whatever it may be. And I, I hear this often, like every time I tune into a show. So it's Go like, ahead. oh, you know, um, Ben Simmons would never be able to play the 90s. Like I think Shaq made that comment or something when I was yeah. in court. So part of me is like the game always moves on. Just yeah. don't compare yourself. You played in an era, it's changed, you know. Yeah, comments like that make, about the new players. They don't make sense, yeah. Like the whole the whole like landscape of the sport has changed so much. Like you see the, the, the Detroit in the 90s were just violent. <laughs> you know, they won with their physicality, and that's why Rodman was needed for the Bulls. Just to basically counter four really aggressive Detroit players. Um, and yeah, it's moved on since then. Now it's more slick, it's more sh- like tons of shooting from outside like oh you know, yeah everyone knows this the landscape's completely changed so comparing players now are like oh you can't play in the 90s it's like yeah well obviously it's a different game the rules were different yeah obviously dumb comment <laughs> <laughs> this might this um, might be a controversial take but i think that sort of any like a majority of players now could probably cook jordan because i just feel like the younger generation keeps getting better and better right they grow up they watch Kyrie handles suddenly like that you have 10 year olds in d1 you know high school with Kyrie handles. Um, you have all sorts mm. of like these young players able to do, you know, little screw you LeBron three point from far away when they're like 10 or 12 years old. So by the time they hit the league, they're already advanced. The shooting is definitely the biggest thing. And that like sort of the hand check rule and the fact that like defense is so like, there's, I wouldn't say non-existent, but the fact that you can't really play defense um, really helps the play like the players now, um, which it makes it sort of easier. Like Le- Steph can go off for you know 30, 40 points a game because no one can guard him, no one can lay a hand on him. Because as soon as someone you know lays a hand on him or does something physical, it's yeah. going to be called as a foul. Whereas you know in MJ's in MJ's day, or you know it's Barkley or it's you know choose any number of nineties mm-hmm. personalities, the defense was so much like so much better and the fact that attacking teams you know found it so much harder to score because yeah. you just get knocked to the ground as soon as you went to the basket so yeah i think it was like, the biggest yeah change. it's funny it's like basketball is a non-contact sport and it definitely was not a non-contact sport in the past and now it's <laughs> now with that they're trying to make it more like that if you lay a hand on i think you said last week if you just touched Harden's beard he's going to like you know, fake a spat, it's like a spasm and a spinal spinal break and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's, but yeah, but then then we get to watch more skill with a lot more handles and stuff like that. Which mm. you know, it's like kind of take your pick. What do you what do you enjoy more? Like now, it's all about the handles and the movement and stuff. So, yeah, it's just how the game is now. So yeah, like I think it's just old men complaining a bit of like, oh, you can't play kind of thing. 
Um, I am. Um, yeah. Just to go. Yeah. Just to go back on um, Nadz's point. I think there's a difference between some like analysts and others as well. Like Shaq and Chuck, I don't mind when they say it because you feel like they have some kind of like they have the respect, but they also have the the fact that like you know they've played so much and they were you know MVPs or at least at such a high level. Versus people like, you know, Ryan Hollins or Paul Pierce were just like, don't, like, just don't, don't even say, like, don't even talk. Like, you guys are embarrassing yourselves if you try to Kendrick sort of Perkins, comment man. on things like that. Kendrick oh, Perkins I love has up. a lot yeah, to I, say. I disagree. I love Perkins. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, he's um, awesome. He's really funny. It's just funny. It's just, yeah. No, but I guess my point is, like, there's people like the older, um, the older generation who you kind of respect. They have a cachet, but it's, it is there's very few people like someone, yeah, like Isaiah, maybe like magic. If bird ever says like birds never really said anything much. Cause he's, I think after he was in the front office at Indiana and stuff, like he's left public life. But I think it's those people who, if they go are oh, back in my day, I'm less inclined to roll my eyes at it. But if it's, it's a kind of two thousands ish players and later that are a bit like, eh, well, you guys played in a lot of the same like mm-hmm. era as the current players did don't like don't go back in my day kind of thing mm, yeah that's true yeah it, this is, it just rubs me i guess the wrong a little bit of the wrong way if you've like paul pierce if you've only been retired for about five years you can't have that historical perspective so to say oh i don't know about the shack and um chuck comment they're like the biggest idiots on tv i love them but they're just adorable <laughs> idiots i think it's kenny and uh ernie that like balance yeah yeah Kenny's surprisingly smart. Like I didn't realize how, yeah, like analytical he is. He can break the game down pretty well. I was actually pretty surprised listening and watching to him a few times. It's it's quite good. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, I just watch it for Shaq. Just Shaq and Black Charles. They're just, they're just, yeah, they're, they're adorable. Yeah, you're right. They're adorable idiots just to talk about basketball. Just looks like I they're having a, a comment where, um, great time. There was a clip of Zion and then like, uh, Shaq was like, oh, that, that was looks so like if me and Chuck had a baby. <laughs> so good. Oh, man, speaking of Zion, he does not look good, man. Like, I saw that clip. He looks woof. Like, uh, I, I was a bit taken aback. I'm like, can, I, there can is anyone, no way you're going to start running. Can anyone say, um, can anyone say Andrew Barnum? He's like a bowling, <laughs> he's a bowling incident away from being an Andrew Barnum. <laughs> oh, a, dude's wild. turned into a linebacker. He's like, he's huge. He doesn't look healthy. Like he just, mm. I don't what, know what's going on. In what's he been New doing? Orleans. Like, he just, can, is it just oh. maybe it's, is it his, can he can just not control it or something? I don't understand. What, how, how can you, at a, as a number one pick as an organization, first let that happen. And as a professional mm. basketball player, let that happen to mm. yourself. Like what the hell is happening? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. Well, no, yeah, it's, um, maybe it's, maybe something medical. I don't mm, know. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, Keep your weight in check. Yeah, that's that's do your job. Yeah, I hope not, man. <laughs> I'd, not like like, I'd love to yeah. see him back on the court. Like he needs to be back on the court. He needs to be in the league. But it's just, mm. yeah, it's really confusing. What what's he done? What's he doing? Yeah, no, it's it's really bad. Um, so going from um, yeah, going from Nola to a few other games. So we had a couple of really interesting games this week. Um, Boston and Chicago played a fantastic game where. Boston gave up uh, the last quarter, a 39 to 11 um, last quarter to lose by 19 points, which is absolutely wild, which led to 
um, Marcus Smart calling out his teammates um, in front of the media, which I thought was hilarious. Um, what do you guys think about kind of like, maybe not so much Boston if you want to touch on that, but like a role player calling out his, you know, maybe not MVP, but all-star teammates. Was Marcus Smart right or wrong in calling out um, Jalen and Jason? Oh man, something's brewing in, in Boston. There's some, I think there's going to be some trades. I don't, I don't know, there's locker room issues. People aren't happy. Their players aren't happy. They can try to work it out, but um, something's happening we don't know about. I I mean, Marcus Smart is a bit more senior to those other guys. Like he's kind of like a Draymond Green. Like he'll speak his mind and stuff. Um, so honestly, I don't know. Like Tatum and, and Brown are, uh, are really good. So I, I haven't noticed. I never noticed that they need to pass more or anything. So I don't know if Smart's just mm. like having a whinge and like give me the ball. I'm not getting the ball. Mm. So, uh, or if it's something more serious, but something yeah, mm. something's not right. I don't. I you see Marcus Smart. He's just one of those guys that you want to punch in the face sometimes, like a Draymond Green. <laughs> You're just arguing. He just looks like annoying. But um, I don't. Just when, a Sixers mentality coming out. So to be fair, like that's what I used to think. And then like, I hear the guy speak in interviews and stuff. I actually really like him. He's he's such a nice, he seems like a decent guy. Smart. Uh, Smart. Yeah. So um, I don't know what's happening to Boston. They shouldn't be where they are in the rankings with their squad. Like Al Hoffman's having a career year at like 76 years old. So I don't know what's going (laughs) on. Um, I, I, last no, year, I last yeah. week I trashed him, but then um, yeah, <laughs> what happened? He, he, he heard the podcast. That's what it was, guys. Like, yeah, I'm gonna fire yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, dude, we trashed Philadelphia hard last week. They've been playing some really good basketball. Yeah. this week as well. Yeah, maybe Can you uh, explain how that's the key. Philly's doing so well without Ben Simmons. Like, is it just Seth Curry's on a tear of his career and putting up like 25 points a game? It's wild to see that, yeah, without Simmons and even without um, sort of Embiid playing at his best, they're doing really well. Like, they're mm. top of the East now, and I just did not expect this at all. It's, so, um, yeah. look, I'll be honest, a higher power has gone, Sixers fans, you've suffered enough, right? Years of drama, it's time. This is your time now. That's yeah. it. There's no, there's no explanation for it. They're kind of like Utah now. They're just shooting heaps of three. Oh, not heaps, but they're, they're all just positioned around. They can position everyone except Embiid on the perimeter now, which is always the plan. And I think their role players, like the Turkish delight, Korkmaz, what a legend. Oh. Like he's, he's carrying the team. He's got 25 points today. What a legend. Um, and yeah, they got George's Nyang as well. Seth's having a the good Nang year. Gang, baby. Yeah. Danny Green's out. Like he's injured, and this is it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Danny Green it's... was the weak weak point. <laughs> Look, as much of a joke that as that is, they've actually got these players. Like um, Maxi is actually, you know, doing a lot. Um, he's doing a lot better now. And a bunch of their role players, again, they're stepping up. Maybe there is just something yeah. like the strength of numbers type of mentality where. Yeah, it's just it's next man up, and look, Drummond's playing well. It's hard to say, but like he almost got a triple double the other like the other day, and he's when Embiid wasn't there, especially like he's got one of the best on-off numbers apparently in the whole league, which is yeah, wild Dr- to Drummond's think about. A, yeah, <laughs> Drummond's a starting center for most teams. Like ninety percent of teams, he'd be a starting center. He's a, he's twenty eight or something. He's still in, he's in his prime, and when Embiid doesn't play, he's racking up. 
boards, points, everything. Um, yeah. Assist is running the team when the team's yeah. not there, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. But no, I agree with you guys. It's like something's wrong with Boston. That was my biggest whiff of the off season. I legitimately thought there'll be a great defensive team and there'll be a third or fourth seed. They were ranked last in defense a couple of days ago. So I've just, yeah, just, <laughs> I don't know how many, like the amount of talent defensively you have in that team and you're coming last or the bottom five in defense. Like that should not happen at all. Mm. Um, yeah. They lost again today to Mavs. That's not their fault. Like Luca had a fantastic um, uh, three who was, he was getting like triple teamed um, when the buzzer was going and he still nailed it um, with all net. So that wasn't their fault necessarily, but yeah, it's another loss for Boston. I think um, it's, is this Boston's for, like first time without Brad Stevens for a really long time. I forgot how long mm. Brad Stevens was head coach. It's someone else now. Right. So maybe mm. just getting used to a new system, new coach mm. and, these are just early sort of issues and they'll, they'll yeah. figure it out. I've got to say that this week, the standings are making a lot more sense than they have in the <laughs> past few weeks. you got like the right teams on the top. In the East, you got Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Miami, Brooklyn's in the top four. That's making more sense. You know, Milwaukee's, actually Milwaukee's struggling, but New York's yeah, up there Milwaukee as well. Milwaukee are like lower. Yeah. They're almost in the last like four. Yeah, they're like 13th yeah. or something, which is, yeah. Yeah, and in the West, you got Golden State, Utah, Dallas, Phoenix. It all makes more sense. It's like we're coming into what we what we thought a bit more, um, which is really interesting. I think. Uh, what do you guys think about Atlanta? Did you hear Trey Young's comment this week? Trey Young said, um, "The regular season's boring. We're bored. That's why we're losing." <laughs> we're um, I think someone's a little salty that he can't draw draw fouls anymore. <laughs> that's that's my. Like, I, I think this season's been so fun to watch. It's not boring at all. I think it's great because this, the foul rule is like on the James Harden rule, right? The yeah. games are fast paced and Trey Young really, I think he struggles being a small guy. He, Trey made a couple of comments as well. I don't think he, or he or I don't know if he thinks this, but he said it wasn't so much the rule changes, but the fact that the sort of the refs are kind of focusing um, on the wrong things as well. And they're calling him on things that shouldn't be like fouls. Um, he has some funny comment going, I've read the rules and I've studied up as well, you know, and this, I understand they're looking for this, um, the foul baiting and the foul hunting, but they should be looking at this. I shouldn't be penalized when I'm doing this and that. So he's clearly getting upset too. Um, and the Hawks aren't too bad. Like you said, Loki, they're kind of middle tier Eastern conference um, after, you know, two or three weeks um, in the NBA uh, this season. Everyone expected them to be good or do well. I, th- I still think they'll be fine. They'll be like a second, um, you know, second round playoff team, maybe reach the finals again, uh, Eastern Conference finals again. Um, I don't, I'm not too worried about them, I guess. But yeah, it, it, all, it all depends on Trey. Um, if, yeah, he'll adjust his, hopefully he'll just stop whinging and just adjust his game to what, you know, is happening to every other player, not just him. Um, and then he can, yeah, then hopefully he'll be all right. And it's fun to watch the Hawks as well. It'll be good to see them in the playoffs again as a young team. Uh, he just needs to stop whinging and get on with it because they've got so much talent. It's the, I like, you know, the, the team. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what I think about him. 
They've got a really deep team. Like, I keep looking at their um, squad every time they play. I'm like, this team is really, really deep. Um, no, it's, yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. And like we said last time, Trey is the villain the NBA needs right now. So let's get, <laughs> let's go on with that. So, guys, we'll finish off with what may have actually been the game of the week this week. OKC came back again to beat the Lakers. Again, I, I don't yeah. get it. OKC have two wins this season and two wins against the Lakers. Yeah. Oh, like okay for you know for the Lakers there was no LeBron playing fine, but Anthony Davis had a monster line. The Westbrook, I just want to go over the Westbrook thing for the last like couple of minutes. He misses a defensive assignment. He bricks a three and he turns the ball over in the last minute and a half. This is exactly what we've been saying of he should not have the ball in his hands in the last couple of minutes. But, God, OKC just have something over the Lakers right now. Um, Nads, I bet you love this game too. I did. I did. I just – it's it's hilarious that a team of sort of young up-and-comers is beating former All-Stars, right? Current All-Stars. It's kind of hilarious. And, you know, Lakers are like we've formed this super team, but it's a little bit of a joke if you're losing to, to OKC. And then on the flip side, I think these young guys have like a chip on their shoulders or something to prove, right? Um, yeah. And I love SGA just throwing up huge numbers. Um, I'd be remiss not to mention Giddy, our hometown hero from Australia. Yeah. His, uh, his passing is like insane. Yeah. I feel like, you know, little NRL passes there, just bullets. Um, yeah. I, I, it's like an interesting watch. And then I have to give another shout out to more on the scrub tier, but Mike Mascala, I just have a big like uh, soft spot for him. Oh, wow. Uh, I, love it. I was yeah. not expecting from a Mike Mascala call out. Shout, former, shout out to former, Mike Mascala. From a former Sixers player who, you know, just seemed to be there, just to be happy yeah. to be there. Yeah, um, he's like a second tier yeah. player on OKC and like 10th yeah. tier on any other team. So a Mascala sighting is, is awesome to see. Um, and yeah, SGA, I think, yeah, he's carrying the team forward. You know, if he's on your fantasy team to anyone out there and you've, <laughs> And you and you benched him, you know. Oh you God. need to think about it, Jay, a little bit more. Like, who would bench SGA <laughs> on their fantasy squad? Oh, anyway, this is <laughs> shots shots fired. This is a personal attack. Yeah, you know, I I feel I feel like the Jordan to Lucas Pippen right now. He's just taking <laughs> shots at me for no reason. For <laughs> Um, but no, I, I, I agree with you guys. We're throwing shout outs to Mike Muscala. Shout out to Derek Favors as well, man. You know, the lone, the lone center on that team from, a, um, from a bunch of young guys, but yeah, look, SGA is, he's special. Um, that bomb from half court was clean and mm. he started mean mugging the Lakers and like, he had this mm. like swag about him and he's you know what's good? good. I was impressed. Yeah. yeah, what's good about um, OKC? They've played like they've had a really rough start. They've played um, the Hornets, who were on top form at the start of the season as their first game. Then they went Milwaukee, Denver twice, Utah once, Golden State twice, Lakers twice, Philadelphia. Uh, that's that's a that's a tough like start. It's probably one of the toughest um, schedules at the start of a mm-hmm. season for like a pretty bottom feeder team, um, and for. Unfortunately, they they got blown out by the Rockets, which I don't know how that happened because they were kind of competing in some of the other games. But it will be interesting over the next probably five six games, maybe maybe this month. They've got they've got a better uh, schedule and to see if they actually 
you know, the Lakers games weren't flukes um, and they, they can run out, run other teams off the park as well. Um, so yeah, they're kind of a team to watch. Yeah. They're, um, they're randomly fun. Like Nad said, Giddy's, there's something there. Um, I'm not sure what he's passing is fantastic. He's kind of Draymond-ish just in the fact that he has trouble shooting, but he can read the floor really well. And like he's, yeah, he's got great, he's got great passing. Um, and he's got an IQ about him, um, slim into that. But yeah, like he'll, he'll be good. I mean, Australian hero, you know, Josh Giddy right now. Um, but yeah, I think we're all very excited just to have another Australian born um, player I, in yeah. the NBA. And I think OKC can have finally found something they can build on with Giddy and SGA as a backcourt. That's that's a great foundation to start building their team. And, uh, you know, who, like any other young players or up and coming players that want to go join them um, and a couple of vets uh, in like, in, you know, six, seven years, they could they could be up there again. Totally agree. Um, Nads, I'll throw this to you quickly. Is there anything to worry about with LeBron's injuries? He's sitting out a lot of games to start. Is he just sort of priming himself for the playoffs? Or do you think there's actually some, like, is father time finally catching up to him? Uh, I mean, he probably does need a bit longer to recover. But I think the way the Lakers are built, it's, you know, oh, we have all these great players. I I can load manage a little bit. Um, Unfortunately, they maybe didn't have the start that they wanted and um, this might not pan out as much as LeBron wanted to. Um, but I think he's thinking that I can rest because I have such strong pieces on, on the team. But when he does come back in, you know, he, he goes off. He did a crazy dunk. I don't think it's age is catching up to him. He seems to be beating father time himself. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm shocked mm. at what he's like. 36, 37 and like dunking mm. uh, the way he does. So mm. it's really impressive. Yeah. No, that dunk you're talking about, the behind the back yeah. uh, dunk, that was smooth. Yeah. Even I was watching that clip and even I was taken aback a bit. I was like, oh, wow. He's still got hops. He can, mm. yeah, when he wants to, he can still do it. Um, mm. Look, yeah, I'll go to you, Nats. Um, did you guys hear this story from, I think it was Chris Herring or someone at, um, I think it was, ESPN, where apparently they tried to recruit um, Dame in the offseason, mm. where Dame had a meeting with LeBron and um, AD, mm. and they were trying to get him to play for the Lakers. And Dame sort of, like the report says that Dame met with them, but then it was more of like a, you know, no fans, I'm not going anywhere, I'm Portland till I die kind of thing. And he's like, no, I'm not joining a super team. I want to win like mm. um, Giannis won with the Bucks. Yeah. Like, interesting stuff, but mm. yeah, do you guys have any feelings about it either way yeah i feel like i mean dame needs to get out to win a championship he deserves a championship he's not going to get it in portland uh he's you know in his in his prime right now and he had a chance with lebron and ad i think uh but i mean what would have what what would uh lakers have to give up for him they'd have nothing left and if you've got lebron out and davis out like for stretches of the season, then Lillard's just basically in a Portland situation again with scrubs around. It's worse. Yeah. Worse, it's worse yeah. in Portland. At least in Portland, he has CJ. Yeah. Yeah. If Actually, LeBron yeah. and AD are out. Yeah. And Portland, he has, sorry, no, he has Portland, literally no yeah. one. Yeah. Portland are competitive. They're not that bad, actually. They're, they're not playing as bad as I thought they would. But yeah, so I'm pretty, he's probably the, made the right decision to say no to Lakers, but he needs to go somewhere else um, to, to win. I feel bad for the guy. And similarly, when when uh, Philly were playing Portland uh, a couple of days ago, the crowd started chanting 
we want we want Lillard, we want Dame, we want Dame. Well, he was at the free throw line, and after the game, same thing. He's like, I'm not leaving Portland. Just Mm. you know, he's really professional. Just uh, he's he's really maybe stubborn to the point where it's annoying. I think yeah, a little bit. We're just (laughs) like, come come on, man. Like you you need a ring. Um, But he's he's had a cold start this year. It's been a bit like Mm. mediocre to watch. I'm waiting for him. He's been. Mm, he's been horrible to start the season. Yeah. He's shooting like sub sub thirty percent from three yeah. or something. And he's like, I think last couple of I was looking at his stats. Like he's he needs like fifteen or twenty shots to get like eighteen points. Mm. It's getting it's getting really bad to a stage where he can't yeah. even hit a bucket anymore. Yeah, um, he'll be fine. I think we all know that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just to just to sort of finish up on, if Dame went to Lakers, I he wouldn't have much support. Let's put it that way. Like the difference between Dame going to the Lakers and Dame going to Philly is huge. If Dame went to Philly, I don't think there'll be any blowback. They'll be like, yep, great. You know, Dame is giving his all to Portland. That's fine. Like go, go win a ring, go see what you can do with Embiid. If he went to Lakers, I feel like everyone would be like ring chaser. No one cares. You get a ring. No one's going to respect you. You should have done it somewhere else. So it was a good, um, a good decision not to go to LA. Yeah. I think right anyone now. going to the Lakers right now wouldn't be considered a ring chaser. They'd just be like moving teams because Lakers don't look like they're going to win a ring at the moment. <laughs> it's either think, Lakers um, or Brooklyn. You won't be respected, but yeah. It's it's weird as like a fan that sometimes, you know, you'll watch someone like Giannis um, win a championship. You're like, yeah, this, this is such like an organic team. Mm, um, yeah. And you really say that. But then on the flip side, with Dame, sometimes like, dude, just leave your team. Go join some superstars. I want you to get a ring. Go to Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't care. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm. I I guess, like, I see Dame as more of a CP, where, like, he'll jump from team to team, in a sense, and he'll get close, but maybe never win. Like, CP mm. with the Suns is what I'm kind of envisaging for Dame in his later years, where he'll go to a youngish team, and he'll be, like, the vet, like the older vet trying to lead the team to a title and you yeah. know, he might get there, he might not, but yeah, I feel like that's sort of the, the, the sort of area that um, Dame's going to get into slowly. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Um, with that, we might end episode three of triple dribble. Thanks again to everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, enjoy your basketball and we'll catch up with you guys next week. Peace.